Hola amigos, and welcome to the Add to Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Guido Falconi, Presidente of Add to Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hey y'all, I'm Rose Garza, the past president as well as the co-EDI chair. And as always, our producer, Jacob D'Antone. Hello. Today, we are joined by Zena Gittens. Zena is the cultural impact specialist at the marketing agency. She also graduated magna cum laude from University of Texas at San Antonio, and she was a recipient of a 2019 Multicultural Advertising Internship Program, where she worked as an account management resident at RPA Advertising in Santa Monica. Today, we're talking about EDI, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. So as the people are continuing to have these necessary, crucial, long overdue conversations on EDI and what that means for both society and the individual, but we really self-reflect and consider how racist actions and feelings from other people have impacted us and how that directly led to some type of residual feelings that we might not have known that are there. With that being said, how can young professionals push against the systemic racism they face and be able to clearly identify how it has affected their lives and careers? That's a that's a big question. Um, you know, I think systemic is the key word here, right? Like it, it it's systemic. So, it, you know, it is something that won't go away anytime soon. I think it's something uh, for like POCs or, or like when when it comes to like race or just like just people with diverse, diverse backgrounds, like um, you know, disabilities or something like that, to understand the system that they're entering into, right? Because it's going to be very easy for you to get frustrated and bogged down by what white corporate America looks like um, at the end of the day, right? So it's like, for me, I know that I have to prepare myself for this situation because I know the status quo, right? So it's like, find the space and figure out how to take up the space, figure out how to progress the space, right? Like knowing that it's not going to change overnight. So don't put it all on my shoulders to like wake up and be God and change it. But like understanding that everything is a process. Um, but but like also finding a space that like lets you know that you matter, right? Like, and I feel like at Martin, I feel that, right? Like, I feel that I can be 100% myself every day when I walk in. I feel that my opinions are valued, whether they're small to big, um, whether it'd be on the smallest thing or something that I really don't feel should be in an ad campaign or should be in something, you know, we have the ability to to step up and be like, um, that's a little bit questionable for X, Y, and Z, or maybe we should evaluate this for, for different reasons. And um, I think that, you know, f- it's it's something that will continue to happen, unfortunately. Um, and so just being able to identify it and kind of um, differentiate those things, right? And like, know, find the value of where you're at. If you feel valued, um, just just learn how to sit in that pocket, learn how to make a difference. If you don't feel valued, then that's a different conversation, right? But if you do feel valued, that's a great that's a great space for you to be in to try to change this the, the status quo. Um, and it's going to be hard, but like, I always tell, like, I've, I've had this conversation quite a bit and it's, I always tell people, it's like, you know, they're like, I always get the question. It's like, do you ever feel like the token? And I'm like, you know, I I feel like that's a hard question to answer because like I said earlier, it takes one person to take two people to take three to take four. So it's like, someone has to be the first person, but that doesn't mean that I'm tokenized. It just means that 
its initiative, right? And then we'll evolve. Um, and and so just you know being able to make that differentiation and feeling really confident in that is is huge. Well, that's uh, I, that, that's it's really great. Thank you so much for that. Um, I really appreciate that the industry is moving this way because I know that I've been in many rooms uh, where I was the only brown person, mm-hmm. and it was like, well. That's here we go. Yep. Yeah, I don't know what I can do here. Um so it's great. Um so I do have a question for you. It's kind of a two part question. Sure. So let's go ahead and tackle it a little bit at a time. Sure, please. So <laughs> let's start first. So what advice do you have for the next generation of leaders entering the workforce or maybe young professionals who are already in there but are transitioning to a different agency, looking to take their talents to a place where they're not filling some type of quota? Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I think the advice that I have for the next generation of leaders is, um, so there's this great quote that I absolutely love that I heard at a MAPE summit one year. Um, and it like really resonated with me to just like, this is how you should live your life. Um, and it was just like, be authentic, do good and raise hell. And that is what, you know, I was like, those are three really easy things to remember to do. It's like, just be a good person, um, be real, and, you know, make sure your presence is known, um, you know, um, because... Make some noise. Make some noise, right? Yeah. Like, don't just sit back, right? Like, be a key component of whatever ship you guys are building and, sh- you know, sailing. Um, and, and just be bold. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that th- I think what I've noticed even in the last couple of years and just the workforce is it's highly competitive. So, you know, find being able to find your voice, being able to identify why you are different than the other person and and being able to clearly show that you're bringing X, Y and Z to the table in comparison to someone else. And just like really being unique, I think when what it boils down to is like being confident in yourself, being unique, and being and and understanding what you as a person is bringing to the table, whether that be lived experience, uh, you know, college experience, um, knowledge of the different backgrounds and in uh, you know hobbies or whatever. Like all of that stuff makes you you, and it's important to bring that stuff to the table and, and at, at the forefront. And so I think there's like a been a big shift in just the way that i guess young people carry themselves because you know people there's this been this huge shift of like you need to be your authentic self and bring your whole self to work and i really do believe that because if you bring your whole self to work you know that creates a differentiation in you and the next person next to you um and then i guess to answer the question you know making a transition to a different agency um same thing, right? Like know what you're bringing to to the to the table and be confident in that and in those skills. And then to just I guess not feel like a number or a quota, right? Like that's a hard question because it's like you'll never really know, right? Um so it's like feeling out the space. Do you feel comfortable there? Are you adding value? Is your value is 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 your opinion being listened to or heard? Um you know, like the quota question is hard because there's quotas for everything. Um, you know, amount of people that have to be there in general, women versus men, right? Those are all yeah. quotas. Um, but I guess it's a feeling like, do you, do you feel used? Do you feel valued? <laughs> but like, you know, um, and being hypersensitive to that, I think is really important. Yeah. So just to touch on that, right? Cause we're talking about, um, how, you know, how the agency treats you or, or what, what have you. So do you, 
do you know of any way to identify uh, whether an agency truly values equity other than going to work there and finding out by, you know, on the go? That's a funny question because I feel like, you know, um, <laughs> there's no way to tell. There's no way to tell anybody's true intentions, let alone a big business, right? I think that you have to use your best judgment to sift it out a little bit, right? Like, look at the work. What are the statements they're saying? What are they real what are they saying about hot topics that are happening that are very controversial that are changing the, the landscape? You know, what are companies saying? Like for an example, like, did they release a statement on George Floyd? Did they say anything? What was that what was that vernacular? What did it look like? You know, just like uh, what are the what what are the focuses of their ad campaigns? Is it fun? Is it catchy? Um, like, what are their LinkedIn looks like? What does the LinkedIn look like? What does the Instagram look like? I think you have to be your own like investigative journalist <laughs> to figure out because there's no way to really know. Um, you know, you'll have to do the homework. Check out the LinkedIn. Check out the people that work there. Does it look diverse? I mean, what awards are they winning? Are they winning innovative awards? I mean, there's. There's so many things, um, you know, but I don't think there's any way for you to know, but it's really important to do your due diligence. And then if you're in a place that you don't necessarily feel as valuing that, like valuing, uh, you know, EDI or maybe could do a better job, like, I don't think it hurts to, to vocalize like, hey, maybe there are some things that we can do better here. And if it's a place that values EDI, then it's a place that's going to want to make waves in making sure that their um, workers feel comfortable, you know? So it's a trial and error situation, I think. Devonta is a community outreach liaison for Harris County District Clerk Office. He's also a former Add2 member and a good friend of mine, someone who I've had the pleasure of knowing for many years and just one of the most talented people I know. Devonte, thanks for being I don't here. Know about all that, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Salutations, everyone. <laughs> so for our listeners who may, who may want to work in government and politics, what advice do you have for them? So if you, yeah, I would definitely get involved with the political parties. And I, I, I it's unfortunate to say that because I, I don't really consider mm-hmm. myself a political person. But, yeah. but that, honestly, that's what it is because that's where you meet everyone. You meet everybody there, right? And even the folks who are elected, they still have to run through those circuits. So um, get involved with whichever party that you want to get involved with. Um, I would do research on the candidates and figure out which ones that you you agree with because it's really hard to work with somebody that you don't agree with um, or you think that wouldn't do a good job because you're going to be an advocate for that person. So definitely get involved. Um, it's going to be pretty thankless uh, for a while until that person is actually in office. So, you know, it don't, it would be nice if you got paid for the work that you would do, but it is volunteer work, yeah. you know, so, you know, canvassing is not the funnest thing in the world. Uh, you know, handing out flyers to folks and it is, it's interesting to do those things, but just have the understanding that it's going to be a lot of free work. It's going to be a lot of free labor. Oh yeah. Um, your feet are going to hurt when you go canvassing. Yes. Trust me. Uh, it's, but you know, you're, if you are really passionate about, um, helping people, and if you're more kind of on the, the public service minded anyway, then I guess those things really wouldn't bother you. Um, but if you're, oh, here's the other thing I forgot. I want to make sure I mention this: the benefits of working governor are great as far as health insurance and retirement and things like that. You're not going to get paid top dollar, so you know I could probably make an extra 
15, 20,000 above my salary working somewhere else. That's part of the deal uh, when, you, when you work in the public sector is you, you take a pay cut essentially in order for the extra benefits. Yeah. Right. That's, that's kind of the deal. Now, once you're in, you know, you can move around a lot easier. So it's like you're part of a bigger organism. So if you didn't necessarily like the office that you're in, you, you, you can always move to other huh. offices and, you know, and, and kind of stay within either county or city, depending on which direction you went into. Um, but yeah, that's just have that understanding. Just be realistic with that. Uh, because county and city and state, actually all government in general, deals with fixed budgets. So um, what that means is just because you do a fantastic job doesn't mean you're going to be able to get a raise. Because huh. everything's dependent upon that particular department's budget. And all that stuff is, you know, cross-examined and, and all that other stuff. So just having realistic expectations and, and be there for the right reasons. Because if you're trying to do it for money, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. Now, um, you know, not taking any sides here, but I would recommend that people get involved in um, politics. Uh, find, like he said, uh, someone you believe in. Uh, I personally don't canvassing. I've done phone calls. Uh, it's, yeah, I thought it was nice. fun. Uh, it was interesting. I can tell you some stories yeah. about it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to say who it was on the podcast. Uh, but, you know, it, it really makes you feel like uh, you're part of this bigger thing, right? Like yeah. you are doing it for your city, for your community. Absolutely. Uh, and that's it's part of being a citizen of this country, uh, I believe, anyways. So before we, we head out, there's a couple more things that we want to ask real quick, but yeah. Can you talk a little bit about switching roles from content producer to community outreach liaison and the importance of taking the time you need to figure out the type of role you want to do in this industry? Shoot, honestly, man, I'm still figuring that out, right? Like, uh, um, I, so, young professionals. Right, and I, and I think it's important to say that because, you know, I don't want to come off as I'm like I had everything figured out, you know, and I, and I think, you know, a lot of times when I listen to podcasts and I listen to interviews and things like that, you know, like Will Smith seemed to have this master plan, right? And he's <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, I, you know, I knew I was going to be this person. And I knew I was going to do this. And that wasn't me. I, I'm i still trying to figure out where I'm going. And, you know, um, life is a journey. And I'm just kind of just kind of figuring my my space in it. Um, I, I've, I think as I've gotten older, I've learned what I don't want to do, right? So, yeah. but, um, but yeah, I think uh, some, you know, older gentlemen, at a bench one time when I was just sitting waiting for the bus told me, Hey, you know, just see out your opportunities. And if something comes up, take it, you know? And, and this was kind of like one of these situations, right? I was content producing, I was freelancing, I was doing, you know, essentially uh, self-employed and um, this opportunity came up and I was like, yeah, why not? I can always go back to doing what I was doing before. So, you know, it's like, if, if it doesn't work out, I guess really the, the thing I would say is to take risks. Especially if it's stuff that you're unfamiliar with, uh, if it's a growing opportunity, don't be afraid of it. Because I didn't know anything about p politics. I didn't know anything about uh, community engagement. I didn't know anything about that stuff. I learned that stuff on the job. And I think a lot of jobs are kind of like that, where you just kind of learn what you need to know on the job because you want to do well. And so uh, I would say that. Don't be afraid of, of challenges. Don't be afraid of things. Even apply for jobs that you think you're not qualified for. Right? I, I would do it. Why not? Shoot your shot. So uh, you never know what you can accomplish. And, you know, the more you push yourself, the more, you know, you actually discover about yourself. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say that. So we've been talking a lot about government and politics and a common thread that keeps coming up. 
are connections, community, and networking. And with that, your job and connections kind of go hand in hand. You're constantly at events. You're constantly meeting new people. Can you talk a bit about your approach to making meaningful connections within your network? I, I would say the, the the biggest thing that you would need is the ability to talk to strangers. I think that's kind of, that's, that's really huge. Uh, great example. I was at an event uh, on Friday, actually, and it was involving um, an organization I've never met. I didn't know who the speaker was besides Hill Harper, who's uh, who's an actor on Good Doctor, um, and so I, you know, I, I've met him before, but uh, I don't know him like that. But you know, I was just like, hey, you know, you I mean, don't have his phone number? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, not yet. No, and he he didn't remember me, so that's that's fine. <laughs> but you know, it, my approach is I always talk to people as if I know them. You know, I, I just. You know, anybody who I meet, I pretend like I've met you 10 years ago and uh, I just strike up conversations. I, I think it's, you know, everyone has, there are common threads, right? You can always um, break ice with uh, sports. You can break ice with uh, current events. I think reading the news kind of helps because it just kind of gives you some talking points to to talk about. Um, but yeah, the ability to talk to strangers is um, is very key. Uh, because you, you don't get anything accomplished and there is no connection made if you can't even walk up to somebody. So yeah, have I had people give me really weird reactions? Like, who is this guy? Yes, but maybe it's my level of confidence is so high to where they they start questioning themselves. Like, have I met this guy before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just keep it going. Like, yeah, just, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, and I learned that on the job because, you know, I, I would go to events and because um, I have to write reports uh, just, oh. to, just to kind of keep up with what's happening in the community. So, like, you know, if I go to a civic club meeting or, or oh. something like that, you know, I have to write a report on it to say, like, hey, you know, this is kind of the things that this com- this particular community is is, um, is talking about or the issues they may have. Um, and it's really hard to write a report if you didn't talk to a single person there. So, you know, it, it makes it challenging if you can't do that. But it, it, it's scary, I guess. I, at this point, I'm kind of used to it. I'm used to the awkward, and I, I kind of relish in awkwardness. And so, you know, I sometimes even try to make things more awkward just to get it out of the way. It's like, all right, look, this is going to be weird. Hi, I'm Devontae. Over for the Harris County District Clerk's Office. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, the worst things people can say or do is just walk away from you. Yeah, honestly. and that, that never happens. Yeah, it never happened. People are too nice here for <laughs> them to walk away from you. Dude, it's the I was, South. I was literally, South. I yes. was in the middle of a just a country, super country bumpkin type uh, event, and everybody uh, had on cowboy boots. And I'm, I'm oh, from the north, cool. so oh, that's right. You, you know, are, I forgot. And, yeah. How y'all doing? All that stuff was there, right? And I'm, <laughs> it was a bunch of white people there, right? I was the only black person there, <laughs> and you would think, man, there's nothing that's going to get accomplished here. Wrong. I was I was basically like as soon as I saw one guy I was like I'm gonna target that guy, yeah. I'm gonna talk to him, and he's gonna look at me super weird, but I don't care because I'm I'm making connections in this room. So yeah, it, it ended up being fine, and you know people are friendly, but it, I guess it's that initial assumption that your mind makes is what really trips people up. Yeah, no, it's difficult to talk to strangers. I mean, we've been told all of our lives not to. Um, yeah. So, you know, I've always uh, admired that about you because, you know, we've been to plenty of networking events together. Uh, we've done, you know, been in different things, different, uh, in, in, we've been in different situations where I've seen you just kind of co-op and be like, hey, what's going on? 
And I'm like, have you ever met this person? <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I'm yeah, horrible with names. Cool. Yeah, I don't remember uh, anyone's true. name. That also, yeah. And that, that trips me up sometimes, but it's like, you know, I, hey, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Then, well, it does matter. People's names do matter. I don't want to say yeah. that. But you'll, you'll learn it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. give, give me about three times and I'll figure it out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Today on the show, we have a different Jacob, Jacob Ewing. Jacob Ewing has done a wide variety of things in the visual storytelling uh, field. And currently, right now, he's working for Madeira Residential as the creative producer. Hi, everyone. Hey, Jacob. Hi. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, guys, for having me. Creative jobs, there's a lot of competition over them, right? There's a lot of creatives. There's a lot of people who want to work in it. Uh, There are a lot of jobs, but you are competing with a lot of people for them, like I said. How can one person stand out against other skilled individuals? Right. So, I mean, there's there's so many people who do the exact same thing that you do or the exact same thing that I do. And, um, and so back in January of 2021, I was let go from uh, a job. And then... Um, you know, thinking I had pretty much, you know, a lot of really good qualities and a really good candidate that somebody would want to pick up. I was definitely searching for a job pretty heavily, but I thought I would get one pretty, pretty quick. And uh, that did not happen. I, I blew through my savings and went to live with my mom for a couple of months. And I had to leave my my uh, my now fiance back in Lubbock for a little bit to see if I could find a job there. And but it was you know kind of that time at my mom where you know it had been six months uh, without a job and nothing had changed. I just kept applying. I had my same resume and I had this old reel that I was using, and so kind of. Kind of over the course of several months up to that point, I've been doing a bunch of interviews, and some of them had me do like um, editing interviews, or I had to learn how to use the program really quick, and then go into the interview and tell them about the program and all of that. It was about seven months in that that whole year, so it was July, and then finally I was like, you know what? I need to revamp my reel. Let me use some of these skills that I learned from previous interviews where, where I did not get the job. So I jumped into character animator, made myself a character, got all the footage I had for my old reel, you know, jumped into Illustrator, made a background, animated my character, put all the stuff in After Effects and Premiere, and I made an animated reel of myself. You know, I have my photography, my video skills, um, you know, all of that. So it's kind of all of me put together in this, like, conglomerate of stuff I've done over the years. But utilizing all of the techniques that I learned from jobs that I did not get. And so finally, in August, just the next month, I got a job back in Lubbock at Madeira. And they saw my reel and all of that. And so that's kind of how that happened. That's a really cool story. Definitely learning from failure 
I think it's it's something that we don't often do as people. We kind of get sidetracked by the fact that we failed at something and failed to see that there's something to be learned from it, right? You fail for a reason. How, how can you make that better next time? But no, I really appreciate it. That's a, that's a really great story. Uh, as someone who also lost his job during the pandemic, I know that that's uh, that was a tough time for, for a lot of people. And, you know, jobs weren't easy to get, but you just had to keep trying and figure out what you're doing wrong or maybe not even what you're doing wrong, but what are people looking for? Yeah, and I, I love that story because, you know, just because I know Jacob on a personal level, you know, you're a very resourceful and creative person. And that really showed that, you know, you're able to be resilient and, you know, use, like you said, use all those skills uh, to create something even better. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I do want to say when I created the reel and I posted it on all the social medias, mm-hmm. um, I also went ahead and emailed some former professors, you know, that we we got to know each other a little bit more than just a teacher-student uh, relationship. And so I emailed them and said, hey, you guys know of anybody who is looking for somebody? Here's my bill. Here's my resume. Could you send it along? And that same day, I got a response back saying, hey, this guy from Adara just emailed me today asking the same question. I'll link you guys up. And that's how it happened. That's awesome. You know, networking skills and a little bit of kismet there, too. (laughs) Always sit in the front of the class. Always talk to your professors outside of class. Please do it. They are people, too. (laughs) They like that. (laughs) They're they're connected. Yeah. 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 So what creatively inspires you and how do you find inspiration? Other than boredom. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A lot of times when I get into like a creative rut where I just might not feeling like doing anything. It's really, you know, one of my friends, you know, on Facebook or Instagram posted something and I was like, wow, you know, that's really cool. Maybe I can do that. Or maybe I can do something like that. Or I look back at uh, an old drawing of mine and I'm like, you know, I could do something with this. It kind of just comes from the people around me doing things that I want to do. And so like seeing them, seeing them do it and, you know, either it looks great or at least they tried, that really inspires me to do, to do more and to want to create more. I think that's a really good way of looking at it, you know, so uh, as a fellow creative myself, you know, so much of creativity is just kind of absorbing stuff around you including you know other people that inspire you and you know putting that back out there with your own personal twist on it um so i think that's really cool that you you know surround yourself with such a creative network and you know physically my network isn't here other than my my fiance also inspires me to do a whole lot she pushes me that's uh, sweet you know, just to do <laughs> a whole lot more um but, like, physically, when everyone was here in Lubbock, it was a lot easier to go do stuff. Yeah. But now that everyone's moved away, uh, doing their own thing, like, we're all separated. But, you know, we still call each other. We still talk about it. 
we still get to do what what we want to do and I don't know I just really like that Excuse me. I think that goes back to what Raven said earlier about how creativity is kind of like a team sport, right? Uh, a lot of right. times, just mounting ideas off of each other just gets you to where you have to be. Uh, you know, as a writer, at times I have been stuck where I can't do anything, and I'll go read something, watch a movie, do something to distract me. And in art, sometimes you find, it, you know, art inspire, inspires art, mm-hmm. right? right? Sometimes you'll find it, or sometimes someone will say something that just has nothing to do with what I'm trying to do. And I was like, wait a minute, that's it. And then that's how you get it. Uh, being aware you surround surroundings, being the people around you and surrounding yourself with supportive people is such a big deal, you know, uh, you know, colleagues and partners and whatever. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Just getting to talk about it with someone, like when I'm writing for my podcast, just getting to, if I'm, I'm stuck on what is this character supposed to be doing at this certain time, and I haven't figured it out for a week. I'll just call somebody like, "Hey, I have this problem. What do you think?" Or maybe you know, we just talk about something vaguely, like you were saying, and then you know, something pops up, and you're like, "That was in no way related to what <laughs> what I'm thinking about, but it helped." So just being able to talk to somebody. Is also just really helpful. So, uh, Jacob, what advice do you wish you've had right after you graduated, or maybe when you started looking for your first job? Like what What would you as now? What would you advise someone who just graduated, like someone who's looking for the first job? You know, I would say never. You don't want to get complacent. Like you really don't. You always want to keep learning and keep growing. And if you're interested, if you're a little interested in something, like say you want to know how this certain visual effect works, uh, visual effect works in, the, in a, a favorite movie of yours. Like if you want to know how to do that, then just look up some tutorial on YouTube. They're free. <laughs> look up, you know, if you already have some software, great. You can find some free software as well, but like a lot of what I've done and a lot of experience that I have is just from me being interested in something and saying, I want to know how to do that. And so I just take hours and hours and months and months, and then eventually I learn how to do it. And then along the way, I've learned how to do a whole bunch of other stuff that got me to that point. But I would just say never stop learning. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals aged 32 and under who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an amigo, join us at addthenumber2houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at add the number two Houston. Thank you for listening.